Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives. This is Stephanie Colvin and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. I have um, essentially made a statement about uh, the LGBTQ community in regards to the church, especially with Pride Month. And that is coming up next. And after that, we will be talking about being intentional based off the talk that Sister Joy Jones gave in the last conference. Yesterday, I was traveling to uh, go meet my son halfway to pick up my other son here in California. On the way back, we had two hours and we got to talking about you know, just some things that are going on in our society. And my son has been inquiring about the church, um, maybe their stance or stand on certain issues. And uh, I do my best to answer his questions. Um, anyways, during that conversation, and just a little side note, remember that this is not a scripted podcast. This is completely done by the spirit and the things that I'm impressed to talk about. The LGBTQ uh, topic came up. Um, I was on Instagram a couple of days ago and I was receiving a few messages. I think was in response to a comment I left on an anti-LDS post. Um, this particular post was... Uh, using the GenConf hashtag, and yet was anti-Mormon, basically propaganda. And um, I got to reading some of the comments, and the comments are pretty much the same. They say the same things, they talk about the same things, and they complain about the same things. Um, and I'm just, I'm not saying this so much trying to start a conflict, it's just that's my observation. Um, but there was one person that got on there and asked them why they use this hashtag when they know full and well that this hashtag is for people who are LDS. And uh, the person that made the post came back and just was very um, defensive and uh, feels like it's their job to wake up the, you know, the people that are in the cult. They always like to say that we're a cult. Um and I was I was reading the comments. My, I just felt like I should say something to support this person. And um, literally, the comment that I left was, "It's okay. It's okay that people make choices for themselves, whether they stay or go, and it's okay." Um, because I left that comment, I had a few people that follow this person start sending me messages. And um, they were very negative. You know, you can really feel the bad spirit that comes along with just kind of the... I, I'm not really good with the English language as far as being able to put things together eloquently. If that ever happens, it's because the spirit lines things up in my mind and really um, has inspired me. But... Uh, I don't, the things they say, you can just feel that it's a negative spirit, that it's a very um, contrary spirit to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. 
And uh, we know from scriptures that when people are given knowledge and light and they turn on that, their hearts will will be hardened. Um, they will become blind and then they will become deaf to the Spirit of God. It's just natural consequences to the choices that we make. So as I was talking to my son, who's 26, about this yesterday and some things that are going on in the world and things that I've been um, exposed to and just trying to get involved in. He was like, mom, you really need to talk about that on your podcast. I developed this podcast so that we could talk about tough subjects, um, things that we're dealing with because life is very real and how we use the gospel of Jesus Christ to reconcile these hard trials in our lives. Um, and yet I haven't really address the LGBTQ topic. There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, first of all, growing up, I uh, had vi- quite a few friends that were gay. And um, because of the sexual abuse that I had, I was very, very confused. Now, at that time in my life, I didn't know it was because of the sexual abuse. As I've gotten older and I can reflect back through um, therapy and also just working with the Holy Ghost to heal from that, I see it for what it is. But at that time, I was actually confused as well. Um, Did I act on it? No. But I had to find out for myself and I had to give myself that opportunity even at a young age I think I was like 17 or 18 and um, you know I had been raised in the church um, but I was confused and when I ventured out and had an experience um Again, nothing happened, let's say, sexually, but there was a conversation. Um, And I knew that if I made a choice to act on some feelings that I was having, that this would put me on a particular path and I could just feel it. It was very distinct, even at that young age. Um, And I didn't do it. And I realized who I wanted to be. I can't say that that attraction has gone away. Um, And I don't even believe that I am attracted to women, um, especially with being sealed in the temple. I have been able to, as I pursue a life of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, to consecrate and purify my life through the Holy Ghost and the choices that I've made. And this is what happens when we're obedient. So I guess what I want to say is that I'm very empathetic and compassionate to people who struggle with their sexuality. Um, and it, this tends to be a very um, prevalent hot button because we talk a lot in our society about our sexual orientation. Um, also because this goes in direct, goes directly against the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this month, 
Uh, I've been working in partnership with a few other LDS accounts on Instagram for Family Pride Month. And as I've been doing that and researching and seeing, you know, what our leaders have to say, the scriptures, as well as the family proclamation to the world, it has been, I have gained a deeper testimony about the structure of the family unit, the purpose of it, and its eternal meaning, the glory, light, and joy and happiness that comes from following this plan. What I would like to say is that God uses real people to bring about his purposes here on earth. And they're not always brought about, as a matter of fact, probably, I, I would just like to say 100% of the time, they're not brought about perfectly because perfection does not exist in this world. And so during maybe the execution of it, um, some of the changes and things that happened within the church, there were some very harsh feelings um, from this particular community, and they felt offended. And um, I understood that. I understood why they felt that the way that they did, as far as I can understand. And I just, for my own self, was willing to give them that space. Um, and I felt like they should give us our space too, to live as our God-given right to live as we want to live, as we choose to live. But that didn't happen. And the people that got upset started attacking the church and coming after um, the church, like, you know, doing the protests and things outside of General Conference. Um, when there were temples being built or dedicated, they would form groups and go out there to protest and things of that nature. Um, and this is what I firmly believe Agree, disagree, like it, don't like it. This is my podcast. This is my missionary effort. And I will always stick on the side of truth. I'm not wanting to offend anybody, but uh, I cannot deny the truth and what I know and what the Holy Ghost has testified to my heart. When the church was making clarifications about policies and talking about how the children couldn't get baptized if they were coming from a home um, that had some of this, these relationships in the home. Um, they were doing it because of the care for the children and the families. There's a lot of things that we don't understand that they were privy to because of their position and role within the kingdom of God here on earth. Um, if you look back at the restoration with Joseph Smith, when he restored the gospel of Jesus Christ here on earth, he did not do it perfectly either. And he had to make course corrections as he would and were taught that this is the pattern of revelation. He would receive revelation. He would go to... And do the work, do exactly what he was commanded to do, but he did it imperfectly. So maybe there were some mistakes made. And then he would go back after recognizing those 
maybe discrepancies or feeling, you know, a little off about something that he was doing. And he would re-clarify through prayer and the Holy Ghost with the Lord. And then he would go back and he would make the corrections or he would, you know, take it to in a different direction, whatever the case may be. And I feel like that's really what our modern day prophets and apostles do too. They receive revelation. They go to be obedient to the commandment. Maybe their execution wasn't just perfect for every person in the world. Um, and they go back and they say, hey, Heavenly Father, this is what I've noticed when I've done this. You know, is there something that I need to do? Is there something that I missed? Or is there an approach that would be best for this? How can I fix this so that we can help everyone to feel welcome in your kingdom, in your church here on earth? I do not hold these uh, just natural, mortal men. I don't hold it against them. I know that they're doing their best and I know that they love us. I know that they love Christ and I'm sure that their jobs to lead us here on earth are very, very difficult. So I guess what I would like to say to the LGBTQ community at this time is that you're our brothers and sisters. And if you have not been made to feel welcome within our church, I am so sincerely sorry about that. But just as anybody else who has issues and things to hammer out in your life, if you're wanting to come into the church, if you're wanting to come back into the church, you have to do the work too. And an example I would give is, uh, you know, I've always been in relationships where I've lived with my significant other before I got married. These were things that I had to work on, especially when my um, husband wanted to get baptized. We had to uh, live the law of chastity for those eight weeks while we were living together. And this was our show through our actions to Heavenly Father, to Christ, and to our bishop that we believe that we're humble, that we're teachable, and that we will do as we've been asked to do because the Spirit has confirmed to us that this is what needs to be done. And that's just an example. We all have to purify our lives, whether it's the LGBTQ issue, um, sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, abuse, physical, emotional, mental, sexual. We all have things that we have to purify in our lives. That was the whole intent and purpose of coming to earth was having these trials, these bitter cups that we had to carry and learning how to overcome some of those trials and bitter cups and sometimes how to carry those bitter cups and still living the gospel and remaining true blue to our covenants. So... That's all I'm going to say about this particular topic. Uh, I may revisit it in the future. But um, this month we are doing Family Pride Month. And it's not to drown out um, what's going on with the Pride Month for the LGBTQ community. It's to add to. 
we want to give everybody options. And for us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, every member is a missionary. And we are shining our light out to the world. We are not hijacking June. We are just adding our voice to June. And we love our brothers and sisters. Come one, come all. It doesn't matter what your sins are. The Lord loves you. I love you. And um, I know that sometimes coming into church, whether you're new, a convert, or you're returning, you don't always have the best experiences because people are just people. Um, please, please, please. Those negative experiences that you have in church, um, please use them to reinforce your faith, to choose the right. I know that when we choose the right and we follow the counsel of our elders, of the scriptures, of Christ, that we can overcome these small moments in time of when our feelings are hurt and squash those hurt feelings through the righteousness and light of Christ. Um, I'll give you an example, and I've shared this before. I was just returning to church. I very much dressed worldly. Um, I had not gained yet a testimony of modesty, and I went to church one day and my skirt was a little bit short. There was a member that came over and informed me that my skirt was a little bit short, and um, I was shocked. I was shocked and appalled. Uh, but immediately, in my mind, there came an understanding. And I can only describe this as the mercy of the Lord. That um, she's just looking out for me. She's not intending to be uh, rude or contrary or make me feel uncomfortable. I went into the bathroom and I had to wrestle with myself, aligning my own thoughts and feelings with what the Spirit was telling me. And I decided to go with the Spirit because what the Spirit was telling me, it felt good. And what I was telling myself, my feelings and emotions, it didn't feel good at all. I left the bathroom. I went out to go find her. And uh, when I saw her, I locked eyes with her. I walked right over to her. I put my arm around her and I thanked her. Fast forward many, many years now, it's about six, seven years. We're still very good friends and I love her so much. That's the kind of outcome that we can have when we choose the right. I'm not likening the LGBTQ community and their issues with me wearing a short skirt. I'm trying to compare the points of how we can choose to react. It is our choice to act righteously or unrighteously. And those choices will have certain set of consequences. And we need to be very mindful of that. But if you're listening to me and you hear my voice at this point, and you're confused about your sexuality, you're having issues with your sexuality, um, you're not sure if the church is right for you, whatever the case may be, this is the only thing I want to say to you. Christ loves you. He sits at the head of this church, and this is his church here on earth. Me personally, nothing's going to interfere 
with my journey to make it back home to Heavenly Father. And I want it all. I want the celestial kingdom. I want to live with my family forever. I want everything that the Lord has promised us in the scriptures. And he talks about the eternal life and salvation, the glory, the wonderment, the just majesty of it all. I want it all. And I know that you want it too. We all have our path to take. We all have to figure out our own thing. We all have to decide when we need to listen to people and when we don't need to listen to people. When we just strictly just go by the Spirit. We pray, we seek, we search, we ponder. You have to make sure that you're taking advice from people that you trust and you can count on. And if you're wanting to stay in the church or come into the church, you're going to need to talk to people who are faithful and steadfast in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't, and you talk to people outside who don't have a testimony, who are not devoted, who are not a disciple of Christ in his church here on earth, you will be taken away from the church. Satan is real. He is out there. Right now, this is his playground. And if you look around yourself, it seems like he's winning. Rest assured that God is in charge. Christ is in charge for they are one in purpose. And they will prevail. And they do prevail here on earth. We just have to look for it. So my love to you all. I have the greatest wish and hope that you guys can persevere and prevail in your life. Whatever you need to handle, whatever you need to do to right your heart and your mind and your spirit with Jesus Christ and to continue to pursue him. And I say this with the greatest love that I can ever give. I want you to know that the Lord loves you and trusts you. The first presidency and the quorum of the 12 apostles believe in you and pray for you often. You are the future of the church. And the Lord has many wonderful blessings for you as you live your lives. And that was Elder M. Russell Ballard. I just love our apostles and prophets. They're always cheering us on. This is Stephanie Colvin, and I'm your host at LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And the topic is being intentional. In our most recent conference, Sister Joy D. Jones gave a talk at this um, conference in April titled Essential Conversations. And I chose this to cover this week because she talks about being intentional. Intentional in teaching the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our children. Intentional in living the gospel and intentional about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. She says, accidental conversion is not a principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Becoming like our Savior will not happen randomly. Being intentional in loving, teaching, and testifying can help children begin at a young age to feel the influence of the Holy Ghost. And I would like to add, will help everyone within our sphere of influence to feel the influence of the Holy Ghost, we cannot wait for conversion to simply happen. Accidental conversion is not a principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must be intentional. Sister Jones shares a story of a little boy. The parents were sitting at their kitchen table and they heard a thud. 
The mother said, what was that? They got up to see what happened, and when they entered the four-year-old's room, he was just getting up off the floor. His mom asked him if he fell out of bed. He shrugged and said, I don't know. I guess I just didn't get in far enough. It is our privilege and responsibility to help those around us to get far enough into the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially our children. President Eyring taught, the best time to teach is early, while children are still immune to the temptations of the mortal enemy and long before the words of truth may be harder for them to hear in the noise of their personal struggles. I would like to add that it is important that we capitalize on those moments when others inquire about the gospel seeking conversion and or a deeper testimony. We want to help them on their covenant path to receive the very rich blessings that only God can promise us. We cannot wait for conversion to just happen. We must be intentional to become like our Savior Jesus Christ. Intentional and loving teaching and testifying to help them feel the guiding sweet influence of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, as you know, is essential to the path of discipleship, for it is through Him that we know truth. He is the great truth testator, and He plants truth within us that helps us to know with utter conviction between right and wrong to clear the noise of the world and its busyness. We want them to desire to always remember Him, that they might have His Spirit to be with them. We must have essential gospel conversations with our children and loved ones that can invite the Spirit. When prompted, we can do this with those outside of our family too, but within our little world. When we have these conversations, it helps them build and add to their sure foundation, a foundation whereon if they build, they cannot fail. These discussions can help them understand the doctrine of repentance, which is essential to salvation, to have that great faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to choose baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost, and to pray and walk uprightly before the Lord. The confidence that comes from this is unspeakable. It's unimaginable. It is divine confidence and reassurance which strengthens us during this proving time on earth. My youngest son, as mentioned earlier, has allowed me to have gospel conversations with him. He has been genuinely inquiring about the teachings of Jesus Christ in regards to the things that he's noticing in his own life and in the lives of those around him. There was actually a time my son would have told you that God did not exist. And it has given me great joy to see his growth in this area of himself and to share my faith with him. For there is no greater joy than teaching the wonderful, joyful gospel of Jesus Christ to your children and those that you love. My heart is so full. We continue to have discussions here and there. He isn't taking great leaps of faith, but he is taking slow and steady steps. And we know that's how you stick with it, is slow and steady, line upon line, principle upon principle. It is all I can ask for at this time while I continue to pray for a great awakening to happen in his heart and mind. I trust God. I trust Christ. And I trust the faith that they sustain within me. As we nurture and prepare our children and those around us, 
We allow for their agency. We love them with all of our heart. We teach them God's commandments and his sweet gift of repentance. And then we don't ever give up. As Sister Jones said, let us press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, knowing that we can have a perfect brightness of hope through our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. He is always the answer, and I totally agree with Sister Jones. Thank you, Sister Jones, for your testimony, leadership, and your faith. May we seek to be intentional in teaching the gospel, being an example of the believers, and living it in our lives so others may know where to turn to when they are ready to come into Christ and start their path home. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram through DM at LDSRPRL podcast, or you can email me at LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. That is plural, LDSRealPeopleRealLives at gmail.com. I always love to hear from you. Um, And I hope that you've heard something today that's helped you in some way that the Spirit has been able to impress upon your mind and your heart to continue to grow that foundation of faith and your testimony to remain unshaken. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay faithful. And please, please, please remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, so much love and God bless.